secret bunker somewhere outside of Nashville, Tennessee. This is the award-winning podcast, Reality. Good evening, everybody, and thanks for listening tonight. My name is Sandman, and I'm going to be your guide through this strange realm of ghosts, cryptids, UFOs, aliens, conspiracy theories, and other unsolved mysteries that I like to call parareality. Well, got Eric back in the bunker in the co-pilot seat tonight. What's going on? What's We're up? ready here, ready to drive. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm what's, good. What's good. been going on? Uh, I just came back from a wedding. Um, the great state of Texas. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, they when the uh, excuse me when you hear the saying everything is bigger in Texas, it is actually true. <laughs> if you've never been to Texas, um, yes, I have. <laughs> the interstates are bigger. The restaurants yeah. are bigger. It's just like it's just the way they do it. Any high strangeness? Any unusual stuff happening out there while you're while you're there? Uh, you know, no. I did not see any flying saucers, even though I did listen to the uh, the said documentary we will be discussing yeah. later. Um, what about chupacabras? See any chupas out there? No. no. Damn no. it. Damn you it, know, man. I know. And to be honest, I've actually never, um, I've never like really went into the research on like chupacabras. <sighs> yeah. Really? No. Yeah. It's just some, it's a cryptid. I've just never like took the time to examine. So... I love the chupacabras. My favorite cryptid. Yeah, I know that. Yeah, I remember you saying that. No, I'm not, I mean, other people are like, "Oh, Bigfoot, <laughs> nah, yeah. Nessie, uh, uh-uh. uh, nope. <laughs> nope, 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 chupa, hell yeah, chupa, yeah, yeah." There you go. I'm, I am a chupacabra, um, fiend. I was gonna say fan, but that doesn't sound right. No, aficionado, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I remember back in the early days of the podcast. Um, God, it was probably 2005, maybe could have been even 2004. I don't know. Anyway, early yeah, days of the podcast. Somewhere around there. I did a story about the Chupacabra and, uh, it just, it, it fascinated me. Yeah. And, uh, I've been kind of following the lore of the Chupacabra ever since. And it's, it's interesting to see how, what, the chupacabra originated as in in Puerto Rico to what we consider to be the chupacabra here today in the United States. It's two different things. Yes, yes. And I just saw, I, I don't know if you watch the uh, revived Monster Quest series on uh, History Channel. I've seen, I've seen a couple episodes. Yeah. Well, they had one about the chupacabra oh, really? a couple of weeks ago. And... Um, I'm thinking that what we're saying, what we're calling a chupacabra is actually like a, an undiscovered species of some hybrid like wolf coyote type thing. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, we just did the black, uh, black dogs and mm-hmm. black cats the other, was it a couple episodes ago? Yeah. And, uh, my that story I had from Mexico of that puma with giant legs mm-hmm. that looked weird. I mean, totally possible. Yeah. There, yeah. I mean, which I mean, could definitely you know, be by its very definition, that's a cryptid. Yeah, and un, is a yet undiscovered species. So yeah. I don't know that it's going to be what the Puerto Ricans consider to be a chupacabra. Yeah, but hey, man, 
No. Anyway, I digress on that. I do. Ooh, I do have some news. Oh. I don't know if you heard this or not. I don't probably know. Yesterday, this is breaking news. Okay. Now, when I say yesterday, we're pre-recording this show because it's today is October 25th. Yep. The day that we're recording this show. And this show's not scheduled to air until the 6th of November. So we're a little early. Yeah. But as of yesterday, November, or excuse me, October 24th, in Washington State, they actually um, destroyed the first nest of confirmed murder hornets here in the United States. Yes. My, my mom sent me that. They like like vacuumed it out or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think that's the only way you can do it with those things. I have no idea because they're like, I mean, they're like the size of, they're like the size of like a finger. Like they're huge. Yeah, they're huge, and they're from Japan, correct? Something like that. I think Some, it was, it's one of those Asian countries. Yeah, it's one of those crazy. Yeah. So the murder hornets are they're, they're actually here. here. Yeah, actually here. Twenty twenty keeps on giving. Yeah, in a <laughs> shit way. It's, bad. It is horrible. It's just a bad year. It's one of my uh, famous, not famous, but one of my quotes that I've been saying here the last, I don't know, month or so is mm-hmm. that, you know, 2020 continues to suck. It does. You know? It just, uh, it just continues to suck. It's I, true. I, I, the, the pinnacle for me, and this is totally off topic, but mm-hmm. I, 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 have, I have to say this. The pinnacle okay. for me was the death of Eddie Van Halen. Ah, I know. I... You know, Prince died. That mm. was horrible. Chris Cornell died. Yeah. That was bad. And then Eddie Van Halen just, you know, to, to all of us fans, this was sudden. But to those who were in the in the circle, they were expecting this. You know, this mm. wasn't a big secret as far as, well, it was a secret as far as, you know, outside of the, the Van Halen circle. Yeah. Um, which I don't blame them, you know, but to all of us fans, man, it was just, it was out of the blue. And I am, I'm not the biggest Van Halen fan in the world. You know, I'm not a guitar player. I don't have posters of Eddie Van Halen up in my, my room or anything like that, you yeah. know, but uh, I am a, a huge Van Halen fan. And that hit me. I was depressed for like two weeks, swear to God. Mm. I have been depressed since I found out on October the 6th. Mm. It's just, it's amazing at how some, something like that, uh, a person that I never met, never knew. Yeah. He never had any idea that I was on the face of this planet, you Mm -hmm. know, but it's amazing at how some, something like that can affect someone. I mean, like, you know, I didn't like curl up in a ball and like blubber my eyes out for two days or anything like that, but I was genuinely like sad for at least a week. And I've been kind of just melancholy. I've been doing nothing but like my Amazon playlist is nothing but Van Halen, you know, for like since October the 6th, just sad, man. You, my YouTube videos, nothing but Van Halen, (laughs) you know, it's, it's, I don't know. I can't explain it. I would not think that, uh, if you ask Mrs. Sandman, I'm pretty much an emotionless bastard. So (laughs) It, it, that's what she calls me. I mean, it's no no secret. Gotcha. So it um, it really surprises me that that uh, that I was affected like that. So maybe there's hope for me after all. Yeah, I always hope. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it is. It is weird when you think about it. Like you will never hear that person 
live. Like you'll never hear that person's voice again. Every everything they have put out into the world will now be like, for lack of a better term, a recording of his voice. Yeah, I mean, because it's never going to exist again. Or his guitar. He did play lead guitar. Yes, right? yes, yeah, that's yeah. what he's famous for. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll forgive you for not knowing who he yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I heard guys, Van Halen, I would know who yeah, he is. Yeah, but yeah. I, yeah. But, yeah, you know, it's it's it, while he was alive, there was always, even though he's in his 60s, yeah. there was always hope that, you know, there's one more album. You yeah. know, there's one more album, yeah. and uh, that'll never never happen again. Of course, there are rumors that uh, his son, Wolf, is going to move from playing bass to playing the guitar, and they're going to bring Michael Anthony back. And, oh, wow. You know, and then maybe get Sammy or... God forbid, Dave, or maybe try to do both of them again like they did in 2000. I don't know. But anyway, has nothing to do with what we're here to talk about. No. no. <laughs> I digress. Yeah. It's all so, good. Right. So, uh, yeah, so tonight's episode is going to be a little something different than uh, what my loyal listeners are used to. Instead of taking everybody on a paranormal journey, Eric and I will instead talk to you about the recently released video on demand documentary called The Phenomenon. Now, this is a movie that's been making the rounds in the ufology community, and it's gotten actually some pretty good reviews. And it seems like we're getting closer and closer to disclosure, almost like on a monthly basis here. And, of course, this documentary is right along with those lines. I I think really what its aim is is to prove that the government knows more about UFOs than what it will admit to. And I'll have to say that it does make a pretty good case for that, although I, I'm i not too sure what it's doing to promote disclosure. So we're going to talk about that. And we're just going to do our analysis, I guess kind of give a review of the phenomenon and to Learn more about what Eric and I think about it. You'll have to, of course, turn on, tune in, and find out. But before we get to that part, let me tell you how you can contact me and Eric here at the podcast because there's lots of different ways that you can go about doing that, and I want to make sure that everyone knows how they can do it. So, first of all, you can use email. That is the simplest and easiest way to get in contact with us. My email address is sandman at Parareality. That's Sandman at Parareality. And Eric's is World We Live in Podcast at gmail.com. World We Live in Podcast at gmail.com for Eric. For me, it's Sandman at Parareality. Secondly, you can find me on Facebook by going to my Parareality page on Facebook. You can just uh, go to facebook.com slash Parareality. Or before it was the Parareality page, it was actually, I had a just a, a, a page for my persona here on the show, and it was sandman.parareality. So you may be able to look it up that way. Eric, you you don't have a Facebook page for World We Live In Podcast, do you? Or, or don't you? Um, I do, but I don't I don't use it a lot. Um, okay. Twitter is the other best way to find me. All right. Yeah. Twitter handle is World We Live In Pod. World We Live Pod. Oh, World We Live Pod. Damn I it, know. I always get that wrong. The N was taken. I don't know. I wasn't okay. able to use N, unfortunately. But yeah, World We Live Pod. World we, just like me, I wanted my, my Twitter handle to be Parareality, but it was taken. Like, yeah. who, the, who the F? <laughs> like, no one I'm uses that they. word. I know. No, yeah. So, World We Live Pod, 
for Eric, or you can follow me here at uh, at Para Real Radio, and those are both our Twitter handles. So Facebook is facebook.com slash parareality or sandman.parareality. Follow us on Twitter. My Twitter account is at Radio, or you can get in touch with Eric with World We Live Pod. Lastly, you can always call the show on the studio line, 615-692-1170, and leave a message on the studio line. I'm in the studio a lot working on the show, so sometimes you know I may have the, the phone where I can answer it, but probably not, but you never know. Uh, but if you have a story or if you have a, a comment or a question or anything, really, and you want to just call the studio line, that's 615-692-1170. Leave me a message. It's about a three-minute limit. So if you, I'm always looking for something good to put on the show. So if you've got like some sort of story or something you want to tell, tell it to me. Uh, if, if you run out of time, call back. Pick up right where you left off. The only thing I'm going to ask is that if you don't want your comment or question or story or whatever it was played back on the air, you better tell me somewhere in the voicemail because just by leaving me a message, you're giving me permission to play your comment or question back on the show. So if you don't want that to happen, you better let me know somewhere in the message. And please don't worry about me uh, not maintaining it anonymity because I will not give out your name. I may give out a first name, but I will not give out uh, last names. I will not give out email addresses or phone numbers or anything like that on the show. So you can uh, rest assured that your anonymity will be kept intact with me. So uh, those are all the different ways you can contact me and Eric here on the show. We'll go back over those right before we go off the air this evening. So Eric, guess what? What's up? I've heard from Trey Knipe. Have you really? Yes. Trey Knipe is a longtime listener of the show, for those of you who don't know who Trey is. And occasionally he sends me emails. He's even called the show in the past and left a voicemail, and I've played that back on the ear. Well, I've heard from Trey again, and he actually sent me this back at the first of the month in October. And... uh, I'm just now getting around to, um, I get emails all the time. Most of it's spam crap. Yeah. So I have to wade through my, my email inbox. And, um, I've been so busy that I haven't, um, had a chance to really filter through my emails. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I got an email from Trey Knipe and it's a very long email. I'm not going to go through this entire email. Yeah. Uh, but I do want to mention a little bit. Uh, he writes, um, we have talked about my post-human manifesto and you read my outline on the show. I continue to try to educate people on the Zionists, not genetic Jews. Some Jews are not Zionists. Uh, he's, uh, he goes on, I, I try to, to educate people on the Zionist issues and why it's important. And he goes on to, uh, give a whole list of um, what he calls uh, satanic verses of the Talmud's Jewish supremacy and Jewish supremacy is in quotes. Yes, that's right. And he, he talks a lot about um, 
the Gentile Jews mm. and uh, about the teachings of uh, the Talmuds, uh, the, the, the satanic verses of the Talmud. And, and you know, um, it's very interesting stuff. Uh, he says satanic verses of the Talmud's blasphemies against Jesus Christ and the Virgin Mary and all Christians uh, are some examples of some of the things that he uh, he lists in here. And he says that the uh, some of the things that, that the Talmud is touting are, are sexual perversions. Mm, yes. Um, That's right. I remember that. Yeah. Uh, and about how uh, it promotes uh, sexual relations with children. Um, and he says, 90% of people think the Talmud contains morals similar to everyday Christianity. Wake up, sheep. Five billion or more of your tax goes into defend the Zionist state. And this is, like I said, it's a very long, um, long-involved email that yeah. I just, I'm not going to get into here. But uh, I want to take a minute and uh, say uh, thanks, Trey, for emailing the show. I really appreciate the fact that uh, I have loyal listeners out there and people oh, who, completely. who want to email. Um, <clears throat> I'm not quite sure um, what to make of this. Well, first off, that is a very complex issue Yeah. to which he is addressing... A portion of um, he's he's mainly addressing the religious aspect and how that relates to the culture mm -hmm. and the Zionist, if you will, agenda. Yeah. Um. I mean, and then then he mentions the tax dollars, and I mean, that's a whole <laughs> nother issue yeah, about yeah. the U.S. supporting Israel. Yeah. Um. So. And, and to be honest, I'm not anywhere near educated enough to talk about I the know, right? the biblical scholarism uh, that he's referring to. Yeah. So, I mean, look, there's there's an, I don't think you can argue that ancient cultures had some perverted teachings. Oh, yeah. All over the place, all over the world. I mean, when Columbus, yeah, yeah. I mean, when Columbus even was coming over to the, coming over to what he thought was the East Indies, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was the Caribbean. A little off course. I mean, yeah, a little off course. I mean, he encountered cannibals and and um, tribes that had sex slaves. So, I mean, it's not a mystery to anybody that cultures have had whacked teachings. So, yeah. Again, it's a complex issue. It is a very complex issue, but um, it's it's. I find it. I, I find um, his take on it very interesting, and he's obviously very passionate about it. And yeah. Oh. 100%. He, you know, wants to get a message out. So, you know, I I'm not sure if it's uh, a topic that's that I would put on the the show, but um, I I do appreciate know his efforts and i do appreciate the email yeah and it's very it's, it's interesting stuff and it's just something i'm not going to like i said it's, it's an involved email i'm not gonna put the whole thing you know um i'm not gonna read the whole thing yeah know, but uh thanks trey for uh emailing the show and uh anybody out there who um got a comment that you want me to read back or an email you want to send 
always feel free to send me an email. Sandman at parareality.com. I may or may not get back to you in an appropriate amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> but we but you do you do read your emails. Yes, I do. Yeah, I do read my emails. Yeah. Um it's been a crazy month for me um because of um the presidential uh debate that was taking place here in Nashville. Uh I I got because of of what I do with my job um, I'm not going to get into it, but we got roped into uh, providing some coverage for the uh, presidential debate, and uh, I got roped into a uh, a, 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 a top secret mission for my company. It was really pretty cool. Wow, that's exciting! And I was this close. If you could see how close my fingers are together, very there. close. They're very, very close, close together. Yeah. I was this close to actually being in. Belmont for the debate being like right there. Wow. Uh, they just, uh, it, it came down to the wire and like uh, the day before uh, whoever was like, <clears throat> nope, not, not going to do it. Yeah. Because of COVID concerns. Mm. Well, okay, whatever, you know, you can test me, but whatever, I don't care, you know? Yeah, so yeah. <clears throat> it turns out it was probably for the best because I probably would have been bored out of my skull. But yeah, it was it was a pretty pretty cool thing to be involved in a in a in a mission for the company where we were supporting the presidential debate. I I, I felt very honored to be included in on that. And then for because I work for a large company, and then for the powers that be at my company to say, hey, we have tapped you and we want you to be at the debate. That was a big honor for me. But uh, yeah, I'm sure that sounds. The government, awesome. was, I guess, would be like, no, yeah. I'm not going to. They had the last say. Yeah. They probably, I don't know, looked at my Facebook page. But I don't post anything political on my Facebook page. But maybe no. they looked at my browser and was like, oh, no, he's looking at too much porn. We can't. <laughs> yeah, that, that was their at, final decision. Yeah, this like, guy's wait. looking at Japanese porn. We can't. Wait, we got to check one more thing <laughs> yeah. before we can let this guy right. in. He's into tentacle porn. We <laughs> That is not true, by the way. That's totally no, no. <laughs> Okay, Eric, let's talk about the phenomenon. Let's do it. So um, <clears throat> this is a first for me because I've never done a movie review. And uh, I just, I thought that um, I've seen some other people who, who've done uh, movie reviews on this thing. and Yeah. And ufology is not really uh, my strong suit, mm-hmm. you know? Um but I've got on my uh, my Twitter account. I've got a lot of uh, UFO people who who follow me and who I'm I'm friends with and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I see on their feeds and stuff all the time um, about uh, reviews for documentaries or or um, stuff that comes out about UFOs or this interview or that interview or whatever. And I thought, you know what? Why not? Let's just let's just talk about this because it's this is supposed to be an important movie and I actually back whenever um, they first came out with the the website and the campaign for this thing about uh, we're going to show this on the big screen and blah 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 I actually was involved in the in the campaign to try to get this shown here at Nashville. Oh really? Yeah, I I thought you know if you were gonna 
you've lived in Nashville for a while. If you were yeah. going to show a movie like this, where would you show it? In Nashville, where would I show it? Yeah. Hmm. Ah, uh, that's a that's a great question. I would probably pick somewhere. Um, maybe like um, down by the Bicentennial Mall. They, there's some green space down near Germantown. Belcourt, the Belcourt Theater. Oh, the famous theater. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah I yeah. was just thinking outside, but that's a good call. Yeah, yeah. So this was before all the the COVID stuff. Okay, yeah. You know, so I was like where better in Nashville than Nashville's favorite independent movie theater, it the is, Belfort. Yeah. So I was actually trying to, to campaign work with the, the people with the movie to try to get them to bring it here to Nashville and negotiate with the Belcourt. And of course, coronavirus hit and that got flushed down the toilet, like super quick. We didn't even get that off the ground at yeah. all zero. And, um, <clears throat> so they released it to video on demand and, I was like, okay, I have to, I have to check this out because it, there's a lot of people talking about this movie, and I have to say, I, I went into this with an open mind, um, and I really thought they were going to um, reveal some stuff that like no one had ever revealed before, mm. you know, because they were playing it up as this is the most important movie and blah blah blah, and you know, all these secrets, yeah, this that and the other, and. I was really disappointed in that because it really wasn't uh, anything revealing. Uh, it, it was basically a chronology of the major UFO timeline. You know, uh, not all of the major events, but the majority of the major events. And if you don't, if, if you're just getting into UFOs, or if you don't know a lot about them, that's the movie you need to watch. It Agreed. definitely is 100%. where you, sh you 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 start with the phenomenon. Yes. Um, it they they did it in like segments, and each little segment had a different name. But I really thought it was like a movie in three parts because they had the the first part was the the chronological timeline, and the second part was you know like what's going on like right now, and then the third part was that contact. Thing yes. where people have yes. you know so even though that's not how they they broke it down that's kind of how i how i viewed it so um what 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 do you think i mean what's your what's your take on this yeah i'm i'm, I'm in a very uh similar line of thinking to you um yeah i mean they interviewed uh senator harry reed they interviewed yeah. um a couple other big names as far as government figures who have been involved in trying to get these uh, unidentified flying objects uh, investigated. Um, but, yeah, Harry Reid didn't really have anything new to say. Um, they talked about the one woman who was able to uh, interview uh, a Luis Elizondo, uh, the guy who was in charge of the uh, Black Pentagon Project. A-tip. Yeah, A-tip, yep. Um, and then uh, the one individual, who I can't remember his name, um, he talks about how he gave the story to the um, New York Times and Christopher Mellon. Yes, Mellon, and how they went along the A tip, the A tip mm -hmm. side. But he was like, "That's not even the real story here." Yep, and that's concerning in itself because automatically my mind's like, 
well, someone else was guiding this. Like yeah. he let it go, but the New York Times had, they were in charge, and everybody knows that the New York Times has their own agenda. So, <laughs> so true, so yeah. true. Yeah, that was something um, that I picked up on as well. Mm-hmm. So, Christopher Mellon, he's the former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. That's yes. a huge mouthful huge, of yeah. stuff. Now, he's the one that supposedly, according to him, mm-hmm. released the 2017 UFO videos. Yeah, so these are of the fighter pilots. Right. Yep. Yeah, and now, I did. that was news to me. I did not know that he was the one that uh, that released those. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this movie was revealing that or if that was something that was known prior to. I'd heard his movie. name before, but I, 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 I'm on the same. I didn't well, know that he gave it to him. He is, he's actually involved... I don't know how involved he is, but he's involved with Tom DeLonge. And, oh, the uh, Academy to the Stars. Academy to the Stars, yeah. I did so, not know that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you know involved he yeah. is with it, yeah. but he, that he does have some involvement with that. So, um, yeah, he, he said that he was disappointed in the New York Times that they missed the point and only focused on the project ATIP, which he says, he describes that as a small program mm. and they should have focused on the fact that this is real, this is happening and they're here now, I believe was, was yes. that's what he said. Yep. That's correct. Yeah. So how much more does he know if he says a tip is a small program, how much more does he know that he's not saying? Yeah. And why is he not saying it? If he's if he's going to release these videos, mm. and he knew what kind of uh, big deal these videos were going to be, yep. Okay, why not just take that one step further? I mean, it, he can't. It, I don't know. You, if he says a tips a small program, that means he knows more, yes. right? Yes. Or it insinuates that. Yeah. So why not? What 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 are we missing? Uh, well, I mean, the general public is missing a lot, mm. is missing a lot. I, I'm in the camp that this has been an active cover-up since Roswell. Yeah. When they said it was a, it was a quote-unquote, like a spy weather balloon that they were using to... Project Mogul. Yeah, that they were using to um, spy on Soviet missile sites or something. I'm like, okay, that's that's just not... And they And they, there's the guy in here that... I can't remember specifically what he was in charge of at Roswell, but they told him to take pictures with these weather balloons, and they basically forced him, and he's saying this, that they forced him to take pictures with weather balloons and make this the official story. Yeah, that was uh, Major Jesse Marcel. Yeah. Um, So I, um, once again, back in the past, at the earlier part of, of the history of this podcast, uh, I did a stint on uh, terrestrial radio here in Nashville at WRFN. Oh, yeah. Radio Free Nashville for about two and a half years. And one of the shows that I did at WRFN was on uh, Roswell. Mm. And at that point in time, I really, when I went into that, I was like, okay, I'm open-minded about this. It could be, you know, it could be something to it. It could be aliens or it could be, you know, something different. Yeah. And by the time I did all my research and prepared everything for the show, I came out of that pretty convinced that what happened at Roswell was indeed 
project, the result of Project Mogul, and that the United States government was using the UFO angle to cover up secret projects. Yep. And that's kind of like the conclusion that I arrived in uh, on the on the show. And over the years, of, as I've learned more and more about it, um, now I'm back on the fence. <laughs> Are you really? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm like, well, maybe it wasn't because you, you hear all this stuff and you're like, well, that makes, that makes complete and total sense. Yeah. But I, so I'm, I'm, I'm back on the fence. I don't know, but I, I was impressed that they came up with this footage of Jesse Marcel mm. as he was obviously a lot older. He was an old man. Yeah. And he was back at the Roswell site. Yep. And he was basically saying exactly what you said, which is kind of what he's kind of maintained for decades, mm. was that he was forced kind of to do this. And he was the, the fall guy, the patsy. He was the one that made it look like an idiot. Yeah. You know? um, but some of the things that he was saying about the material and stuff that they had, and there's the way he described it, and then there's other people there who described it basically the same way. You know, it's they're either conspiring together to perpetrate a lie, you know, to concoct a story, or it's real. There's no, I mean, it's, it's cut and dry. It's one of the, one of the two. It's, no, it's one or the other, yeah. And if they are making up a story, okay, so it's either to, I don't know, get fame and glory, or you, you know, it's, it's, it's something like that, or it's because the government is telling them this is the story you need to maintain, because whatever it was that was out there was such a big top secret project that we don't ever want it to come to the light of day. Yes, yes, I'm I'm with you on that. Um, one one incident I'm surprised they did not. I'm surprised that they left out was the Kecksburg UFO. Yeah, yeah the the Nazi bell type Deglocka um, incident in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, I was surprised. Maybe maybe they wanted to focus on Roswell, on Roswell because that's more of where the government intervention was. Yeah, you, you get you get the Kecksburg UFO in there, and then you start talking about some whole other UFO genre, some yeah. stuff that could be time travel shit. Exactly. That, you know, so how you know that it could go either way. It could be a, a Nazi time travel story or it could be a UFO story. Yeah. There's a little of both in there. So I can kind of understand why they wouldn't talk about Kecksburg, but at the same time, I'm surprised they didn't mention it as well. But just because of the resemblance that that craft had with some of the flying saucers. Yeah. That's the only reason I'm surprised they didn't mention it because they were very focused on the flying saucers like mm -hmm. they it, it says they mention ufos a lot but it's really all about flying saucers <laughs> yeah it, that's just well i shouldn't say that they do mention the tic-tac shaped ufos with the a-tip interview you know i didn't i didn't pick up on that but you're you're right now yeah. thinking about it most of the craft that they were talking about were saucer shaped craft 
I think every craft they talk about except the A-tip yeah. is flying saucers. That's very interesting. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of interesting. Yeah, so they they made, uh, they talked about the Kenneth Arnold case, which is the one that coined mm-hmm. the term flying saucer. Yeah, that was, a, that was a kickoff. And they talked about, the, I can't remember the name of the, the couple, uh, but it was in the 1950s where they were outside and they took the two photographs of the flying saucer above oh, their yeah, farm. Oh, um, yeah, the husband and wife in Oregon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, I can't remember their names. Yeah, Should've I can't either. It, it was at the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah that you're right. Yep, and then there was another man who uh, photographed and he had the original yeah. Polaroid in his shirt pocket yep. and he gave it to um, uh, James, uh, the director. Yeah, yeah. James Fox. Yes, James Fox. James yeah. Fox. Yeah. I, when I originally read, I thought it said Jamie Fox, and I was like, wait a second, <laughs> and then it said James Fox. But um, yeah, and James, and they like zoom in on the thing and like rotate the picture to where you can actually see. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's pretty convincing that yeah. snapshot. It's very, yeah. very strange. It I was, mean, uh, you know, back then there was no really, um, you're not going to. I mean, yeah, how do you it photo edit a Polaroid? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? Uh, one of the things, one of the stories that they talked about was um, the Socorro, New Mexico yes. UFO story with uh, Officer Zamora. Mm-hmm. Um, and that one wasn't necessarily a flying saucer thing, but it was a story about what I thought think they should have had it the, the end where, where they were talking about contact. I think they should have saved that for the end, but this was included in the, the chronology. It was, yeah. So this yeah, was... It was in the late 50s? No, it was April 24th, 1964. 64, okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he was on patrol in Socorro, New Mexico, and he saw this thing land, this UFO. So he goes to check it out. And a couple of things that they they talked about that... I never knew, and I don't think that this is like any big reveal type deal, but it's, once again, it's something that I didn't know, was he had said that there was six-inch footprints in the sand or out in the desert, but what I didn't know was the extent of the investigation that took place after he reported this. Yep. Because there were pictures of a ton of, like, police and government officials and everything out there investigating oh, this yeah. site. Yep. And um, there were all kind of pictures of the landing site. That, yeah, that there were like uh, there were like burnt indentations in yeah. the ground. Yeah. Yep, like you said, footprints. They had, I mean, they even have the sketches of the military uh-huh. guys. Exactly. Sketching out everything. Yeah, and I did not know that that case was investigated to the extent that it was. Um I kind of thought that um, he was just kind of like... A guy that saw something. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and it was just kind of blown off, Mm -hmm. you know. But it is one of the more famous cases as far as when you look back historically. Yeah. Because there's all this evidence. And I knew there was evidence because everything that I'd read and heard said, you know, there's evidence and he saw these you know, landing marks and these footprints and all this other sorts of stuff. But I did not know to the extent how much this thing was investigated. So somebody from the government took this very seriously. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
to send out all those people, it's not just, you know, it's not just some random event in my opinion. Um, and yeah, and then he, I believe he just got, he, once that story was out in the news, he got a bunch of people that wrote to him. Yes. I didn't like, know that. Children, everybody saying mm-hmm. that like, yeah, we've seen these two. Like, I know you're not just making up a story. Like we mm-hmm. believe in you. And they do like a whole, uh, sort of compiled like 30 minute segment of like reading notes and whatnot. So yeah. that, I, that I thought was very interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the way that um, it affected, like the the people around him, like all these people who were sending him all yeah. of these, so that was something once again that I didn't I didn't know, so that was revealing to me. Although I don't know, like I said, ufology is not my strong suit. I admit it. I don't know. I'm sure there's history documented of of that. Yeah, I would imagine. I just, I just didn't know. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that that this movie had a good basis in historical facts from cases that we know that we all know that we're fam- that that are famous. Yes. Um, like I said if you're just getting started in ufology, or if you haven't really followed it that much, or if you want to know more about the history of ufology, this is the documentary for you. Yep. I mean, they got, they got Jacques Vallee, every big name, pretty much. Mm -hmm. I think at least in recent times. And I never realized that Jacques Vallee was, they had a, uh, had a, had his character in, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I didn't realize that character is based off him, no. Oh, I had I no idea. No, I now, admittedly, I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for this, but that is not one of my favorite movies. I've only seen it once, and I was like, okay. I mean, it had a lot of big name yeah. actors in it. it. It had a lot of good special effects and, and yep. all that. It's just not one of my favorite. Was that a Spielberg movie. film? Yes. Okay. I fine. believe so. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. Just close the counselor a third time. Just it just didn't really like do it for me. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call that a contact movie though, because it didn't really have a lot to do with it. Contact was in there, but yeah. it didn't really have a lot to do with contact. Uh, but anyway, I it, I found it interesting that that. The French character in that movie was based off of him. I did not mm-hmm. know that. Yeah. So, once again, learn something new. But one thing that did freak me out, and I wrote this down. Okay. <laughs> between 1945 and 1990, all of the nuclear detonations that have taken place on this planet, because that was a segment that they did about the UFOs coming to the United States and the Russia military nuclear silos where they would cause all kind of havoc and at one point almost caused World War Three because the nukes were about to launch and then a few other times where they had shut the nukes down completely uh, at, what was that, at Malmstrom? Air yeah, Force Malmstrom Bay? in Montana. Montana. Yeah. But as part of this, they did that that thing about what they were saying, uh, somebody gave the opinion that 
maybe they were because at one point I think this was at Malmstrom where it said the UFO was over the missile silo and it was shining a light down on the silos as if to point those things out saying, Hey, what are you people doing with nuclear weapons? Yeah, we you know? know they're here. Yeah. What are you doing? What are you yeah. doing with these things? Yep. And then they gave this statistic which just scared the shit out of me. Between nineteen forty five and nineteen ninety 1,110 nuclear detonations have taken place just in the United States. Mm. That's crazy scary. It's weird. It's very weird. And I mean, yeah, and that's, you said that's just in the United States? Just in the United States. And then coming in number two is Russia. They're not even close. 976. Mm. And then after that, um, you have... I believe in France is 198 and then uh, 44 in Great Britain mm. and 37 in China. Mm. That's a lot of nukes that has been exploded on this planet. Yeah, it's weird. Since it's 1945. Weird. I know. And the, well, I know the Russians, there's an area of Kazakhstan that the USSR, there's a name for this area, but they've detonated so many nukes that like the it has infected the populations there. The radioactivity has. That's surprising. And no, not at all. And yeah, like people are born with like, I'm serious, like multiple limbs and like massive, massive deformities, and just because the USSR detonated all their bombs. Now, I know we, I believe now they detonate them underground or something. Yeah, but who cares? No, I mean, no, <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not making excuses for them. Yeah, I'm yeah, just saying yeah. like, yeah, it happens still, but I don't think they, I don't think they do it above ground anymore. But that's just scary that that many nukes have been detonated on the face of this planet since 1945. Yeah, it's weird, but and you're also like, why do you need to detonate a thousand nukes? I know. Like, it doesn't make sense. Like, I mean... This was just in a 45-year period between 45 and 90. How many have been detonated since Since, 1990? I know. I get... I don't know. Like, are we... I guess the technology advanced at such a high rate, but I don't understand why you need to test that many. I know. It, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Maybe someone else who's scientific has a better explanation, but it doesn't make sense to the common person. No, at, at first I can understand testing it, like when they had the Manhattan Project and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I can understand testing it because you got to know what it's going to do, but then after you kind of figure out, okay, we know what it's going to do. I mean, do you, <laughs> how much more testing do you need? To, well, we can make it more powerful. Okay, maybe we shouldn't test that. Yeah. I mean, look at look at what it did to Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Okay, yeah. we've got we've got our proof. There we go. Exactly. Well, wow. now they're like a thousand times more powerful. Yeah. It's like one bomb is one bomb today is like a thousand Hiroshimas. And. We need how many thousands of those bombs to protect us? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, and it's mutually assured destruction now. Oh like, yeah, we're we're screwed. Yeah, it's we're, if we're someone totally if one launches, everybody launches. So. Uh, yeah, I just thought that was um, a, a surprising statistic to include in a documentary about UFOs. 
But do you think do you think these uh, flying saucers or these Tic Tacs, uh, what is their purpose in intervening with the nuclear facilities? Like, is it just a, hey, we know you got these, like we can shut them down. So, you know that's that is so open to interpretation. Yeah. It could be that, or it could be that. Um, that's how they first started with their weaponry. And they're like, oh, look, these people are, they're starting where we started. Look at how primitive they are. I've even thought of that maybe where they come from, maybe they don't have nuclear weapons. Maybe their weapons are different. Are not nuclear. Yeah. yeah. And they're saying, hey, look at what what is this? What is this thing? Mm. You know, or Maybe they didn't develop nuclear weapons because they were like, oh, this is a pretty shitty idea. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? Um, I don't know. There's so many yeah, so many interpretations of it. Um, I, 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 said, I, I just found that was a weird um, statistic to put in a documentary about UFOs. But once again, you can't have a complete ufo documentary without talking about the ufos visiting our military installations yes and most of these military installations had nuclear weapons yes Yes. so yeah i I don't know why they're there well what's weird to me is the um gotta find out how to say this it's weird to me that you have the government investigating investigating these UFOs, which are also messing with the military, which is also a part of the government. It's like a big circle. It's like this giant circle that it's like one entity is investigating another entity, but that entity is intertwined into the first entity. And it's like, and then you get to the question of like, so what actually are these UFOs or Tic Tacs? Like, are yeah. they reverse engineered government projects? But then why would they be interacting with the military that supposedly recovered them? That's what I don't understand. Well, you know, it's funny you should mention that because I saw, um, I can't remember if it was a documentary or a TV show. I think it was a documentary and I, I, I can't remember what the name of this thing was. But someone kind of asked that that very similar situation was if these are, you know, can these be secret government projects mm-hmm. and they're, you know, the only way to see how the military is going to react to them is to show them to the military. But you don't know. Like if I have the project, I'm like, okay, Eric's flying his F-15. Yeah. I'm going to fly it in front of him and see what happens type yeah. deal. And some of these things were happening like during military exercises, right? Yeah. And the guy was like, if the government has these top secret reverse engineered craft, the time that you really don't want to test those on unsuspecting military people is when they're gathered in mass, especially if they're doing like military operations or playing a, a like a, a war game or yeah, something war like game, that. Yeah. Because if they don't know what's going on and they don't know that this is part of the government and they start flying it out, then the chances that they are going to react as they should, which is to try to like, oh shit, we might need to shoot this thing down, is really, really high. And that's when you 
don't want to do it. Mm. You don't want to do it when, when they're doing shit like that. Now, if you're like flying your airplane on a routine patrol around a military base, or if you're doing getting your flight time in or whatever, and you see something zipping by you, that's a totally different story, you know? Uh, but this guy was saying, if you've got a bunch of Navy warships gathered in mass in one location for whatever exercise or mission that they're on, you don't want to do some unsuspecting thing like that because chances of something bad happening are really high. But Yeah, that's a good point. But if you know that, well, there's nothing that's going to catch this thing. You know, I was going to say, yeah, if know, they know that yeah, nothing's going to happen. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, it, it just really ceases to, to um, make sense to me that if, if we really have these things, then why do we keep them secret? What are we waiting for? Like the next, the next big war? You know, I mean, why are we keep why why are we keeping them secret? Because the the U.S. wants to make sure that everybody knows that we're the number one top dog. And what better way was saying, look at what we've got. Yeah, yeah. Here comes our UFO. <laughs> I know. That was my machine gun sound. <laughs> um, it's just, but, I mean, how do you even how do you know they're ours? Exactly. Yeah. That could be the. Could be anybody's. Be the reptilians. <laughs> David Ike. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's center uh, middle Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, oh, so we're running out of time. So I want to talk about um, the very last thing that this documentary touched on, which mm. was contact. Mm. And one of the things that it focused on was the 1994. Zimbabwe case at the aerial school. Um, And I agree with him. This says that this is probably the most significant case of contact in the history of ufology. Mass contact for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And what was it? Like 64 school children. Yeah. Saw this UFO land just right outside the playground. Mm Mm-hmm. And a being exited the craft and interacted with these chi- kids. Yeah, and they all described it in the same as the in the exact same way: the big black eyes. Yep. And this the color of the skin, the bald head, and all this crap. Yep. And and the 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 kids as well as the even the kids that they interviewed back in 1994, they brought back and interviewed them as adults, which was great. But they all said the same thing. It was like some sort of psychic communication that this thing was given out to him about uh, what we're doing is harming the environment and uh, technology is not necessarily a good thing. You know, technology bad. Fire good, technology bad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah I did. Um, I was mentioning this before the show, but yeah, I did a whole episode on this, me and Kyle, and it is. It's very weird because they all had the same stories and they, and you're right, the being impressioned onto them that you're right. We're destroying the environment. Technology's bad. Um, this was in 94 and look at what's going on. Yeah. Very recently. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And all the teachers were indoors, I guess. Um, and so no adults were present, which I think is an interesting perspective. It's almost Mm -hmm. as if this being was just waiting 
or had already known that these kids would be out yeah, at well, they this knew the time. schedule. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I, I'm actually surprised they mentioned this because it is, it's very, very weird contact story. It is a weird contact story, but like it said, I, I think it's one of the most significant, most if not significant. the most significant uh, contact in modern ufology. Yep. You know, and we're talking about 1994 where all these kids in Zimbabwe are saying this, this, this thing that's talking to us, this being is saying how we're effing up the environment and look at our environment now. I know. Amazing. Hey, we're effing up the environment. Imagine that. Yeah. And back in 1994, these kids knew it because, you know, blurb the alien told them. Yeah. Well, there, sorry, there was, I didn't mean to offend you. <laughs> there was that other story. It wasn't a contact, but the story from Australia where the kids all saw a thing hovering over and the teacher even saw it. Mm -hmm. And then the, the government, there were government authorities that came to him and basically said, if you say anything, like we're just going to tell the school department that you were drunk and you're going to lose your job and lose all credibility. Yep. Yep. So that's right. Not the same thing from a contact perspective, but from a, they saw physical craft Mm -hmm. perspective and. Or if that was in the U S the government would just say, if you say anything, we're going to kill you. You're going to disappear. Yeah. And I mean, family. men in black. Yeah, yep. happens all the time. Exactly. Yep. We need to we need to do a show on the men in black. Really oh need. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Nick Redford has a ton of work on men in black. I um, love Nick Redford. What's that? I love Nick Redford. He's a yeah, he's amazing. I was actually watching uh, in my hotel room this weekend while I was at a wedding. I was watching um, <laughs> Ancient Aliens. Yeah, it was odd. Yeah, and he was there. He they were doing an episode. Uh, yeah, I've, been, I've interviewed him. Yeah, yeah, like, I remember yeah. you saying we're that. Like, we're like best friends. Oh, really? Yeah, no, yeah. no. Speaking really. of Texas, I think he lives in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, he lives yeah. He lives somewhere around. Somewhere around Dallas. Yeah, yeah. no, we're not best friends at all. <laughs> That's best, a shame. But I like to, I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Nick. Yeah. yeah. We, we hang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so overall, so we're we're getting short on, well, not really short on time. I mean, I can make it last as long as I want because yeah. it's show, right? But so in conclusion, though, yeah. um, Overall, what what's what's your opinion? And then I'll give mine. But what what do you what do you, what's what's your opinion of this movie, the phenomenon? My opinion of the movie in general is that it's a very well done, encompassing look at the title, the phenomenon. Yeah. Uh, but specifically of saucers, of flying saucers. So depending on how deep you've delved into the UFO phenomena, you know that like. The saucers are only a small portion of mm-hmm. what makes up the UFO phenomenon. And um, there's descriptions of many different spacecraft, depending on which encounter you read about. Um, but that's what they chose to focus on. And I agree with you 100% when you say if you're just getting into the UFO, your ufology, this is a great starting point for you. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, I think, I think it was pretty well done. I wish that they would have gone more into the, um, black project stuff and more about what Senator Harry Reid has worked on and more about, 
more about getting into the into the depths of what Luis Elizondo and Mellon were talking about, but yeah. maybe maybe they aren't allowed to talk about mm-hmm. what they were doing. Maybe not. So, um, as far as the UFO topic in general, um, I'm on the fence about if it's a military project. Yeah. I, I really, I'm on the fence. Like all UFOs? Uh, specifically flying saucers. Okay. I'm because you get you get the stories about just the crafts, but then you get the stories about these little beans or regular beans coming out of the crafts, and you're like, okay, well that's not obviously human, because <laughs> what the people are seeing are not human. Um, so then you're like, so where are these where are these beans coming from, and where are they interdimensional? Are they from another planet? Uh, did we encounter something because we detonated two nuclear devices and can somehow harness the atom now? Did we set off some sort of um, some sort of relationship with something that we weren't meant to find? Or is it time travel? Or yeah, can or it be is us it us coming yeah. back from the future? Yeah, that is a possibility. Yes, yes. Is our are the beans in the craft somehow us from the future warning us about what we're getting into? Right. Yeah. I really don't know. I'm leaning towards the the latter that it's some sort of breakaway civilization or that their time travel is possible. So. So how many how many stars would you give it out of five? I would give it. I'd give it like three and a half. Really? Yeah. Wow. You're not that generous? No, no, no. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> I would give it three out okay. of five. And the only reason I give it three out of five is because it was really well done. It's probably one of the better UFO documentaries. You mean as far as like production value? Yes. Yes, I production agree Production value. Yep. Um, the, the way that they told the story mm-hmm. was great. Chronology. Chron- I can't even say it. Chronologically mm-hmm. was great. Um, the way that they tried to break everything down into sections was great. Um, my whole beef with the movie, though, is that they touted it to be like the most important UFO documentary ever, and you must see this movie. You you know you're gonna find out so much information if you see this movie. Like they had something that no one else had, and it was gonna be revealed somewhere in this movie, and they just didn't. That is the only problem that I have with this movie. It is great if you want to know about the history of UFOs and how we have investigated them or how they have shown themselves to us, should I say. Yeah. Throughout history. You picked up on something that I didn't, which is they mainly focused on saucer-shaped UFOs. Mm -hmm. They didn't really talk about anything else I'm a black triangle guy myself yes they yeah and they really they missed on that yeah no no mention of anything like that um so it but if think about it if you think about UFO what's the first picture that comes to your head flying saucer yeah flying saucer yeah you know um I think that's why the UFO community is trying to move away from the 
the term UFO and moved to UAPs and identified aerial phenomenon mm, because that's it's a good point. more encompassing maybe. I don't yeah. know. Or maybe it just makes you think differently. Yeah. You know? But yeah, like I said, it was it as far as production wise and, and the way they told the the story, I think it was great. Uh, I give it a three out of five. I just wish they would have lived up to their own hype a little bit more. Mm. Or even if they wouldn't have come out and, and made it look like they had all this top secret information that they were going to display. Maybe if they just would have said, you know, if you want to know about the history of the UFO phenomenon, you need to see this movie. Yes. You know, that would have been much better. Yes. I think that they missed a big mark on getting to talk to uh, Mellon, uh, Christopher Mellon. Um, I wish they would have, which he was a, a, a prominent person in the documentary. I just wish they would have focused more on him and what he knew and talked a little bit more about what is a tip. If it is just a small program, like Christopher Mellon said, what's the bigger picture of this? What are we missing? What are you not telling people? And let's talk a little bit more about to the stars Academy. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm on the fence about To the Stars because I've heard about To the Stars and I've been to their website, but I don't... Have they produced anything of note recently? They've got that TV show. Yeah. You know, that Lou Elizondo is, is part of, um, which is really, it's just kind of, you know a to the stars Academy show. Yeah. You know, um, but I'm just, I'm just worried that this is all a government. All of this is disinformation. That's what I'm concerned about because the fact that the fact that they interviewed Christopher Mellon and nothing. And the fact that he gave that story to the New York times, honestly, just about ruins it all for me. Because they, they, even if they are a very left, a very liberal left leaning publication. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Surprise. Oh, surprise. But that, that's the thing for me. Like they always have an agenda with everything they write. And that's why I'm concerned that this has all become disinformation. Mm-hmm. And I, I really hope it's not, but that's what I'm concerned about. Well, that's that's a really good point as, as well. Um, yeah, you had to be suspect about why he chose the New York Times. I mean, I, I know famous newspaper, right? It's, famous, it's known all yes. over the world. Yes, but, huge you know. outreach, but I don't know. Yeah. That, I, there, I mean, there had to be. I just feel like if I sat down for an hour, I could think of much more, a better outlet to do that. But again, maybe I mean maybe he was maybe he was getting pressure from people to to put it out that way. I mean, you never know. You never know. Never know. Yeah. No, you don't. But yeah, I I think that uh production value uh, was great story-wise. Yeah. The way they they gave the history of the flying saucers was great. Mm-hmm. 3 out of 5, solid 3. Yeah. out of 5 on my, I just I just think they they really missed the mark with the way that they were 
touting what this movie is. Yep. And then they had they had freaking Christopher Mellon right there in the movie mm. as a prominent person in the movie, you know, and they could have asked him I mean, if it was me and he says, oh, well, you know, they focused on ATIP. And that was just a small program. Well, what's the bigger program, Christopher? <laughs> if well, that's you wonder, the small one. Well, you wonder if James asked him that and they edited it out or maybe he wouldn't answer who knows i mean because you know you know that like those interviews had to be had to be um reviewed by some sort of government entity he didn't go into that blind no 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 i'm sure he probably said i this is what you're gonna ask me (laughs) this is what i'm gonna answer (laughs) yeah he probably gave james the questions this is this is it buddy but you never know. But yeah. then again, okay, then you've got people like us who are, mm. you know, we're conspiracy theorists here, you know, <laughs> and we're saying that. So if we're saying that, other people are saying it too. But that's just the thing about producing these movies. You and I can make a movie and have the greatest intent behind it mm. and it be something like the phenomena and have Christopher Mellon sitting in front of us. And then there's going to be another couple of yahoos just like you and I doing a podcast and they're going to be saying the same thing. They it's had true. him and they didn't ask him these questions and he probably gave them what they wanted, what he wanted them to ask. And everything. But we don't know. We don't know. It's speculation. It is. It's totally 100% speculation. Yeah. But if you haven't seen the phenomena, need to watch it. You do need to watch it. Uh, it's like four bucks on Amazon. Yeah. It's not going to set you back anything. It's cheaper than the, the a bag of popcorn at the movie theater. <laughs> yes, it is. Excuse me. So, I think if you are into UFOs, if if you're into ufology, uh, you should really watch this movie because it will give you some good insights on the history of flying saucers, and it'll give you a good starting point on where you can pick up on some of your your research. So, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got to say about it. It's, yep. it's, it's worth the four bucks. It is worth it. It's worth the yep. four bucks. Uh, just wish that it would have been worth, you know, like eight bucks. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I do. I do. I, I feel like I got my money's worth, but I really wish that I would have paid four bucks and say, man, I would have paid eight bucks for that. Yes, that's a great yeah. point. That's a great. If I would have gone to the movies to see it, I'm not sure that I would have been satisfied. Exactly. And because that's I would have paid more part. money for it. Yeah. Yeah. So... That's our take on the phenomenon. Yes. I hope that everybody that's listening to this podcast enjoyed this episode of Parareality. They know what your ideas and your thoughts about it are. Send me and Eric emails. You can get in touch with me, Sandman, here at the show by emailing Sandman at Parareality.com or get in touch with Eric at World We Live In Podcast at gmail.com. Yes, sir. Yes, I remember it this time. So that's world we live in podcast at gmail.com for Eric and Sandman at parareality.com to get in touch with me. Or you can get in touch with us through our social media accounts. You can find me on Facebook. Just go to Facebook.com Facebook.com slash parareality. Or look us up on Twitter. My Twitter account is at Parareal Radio and Eric's is World We Live Pod. There you go. On Twitter. So that's at World We Live Pod on Twitter for Eric or at Parareal Radio for me. Once again, my social media account on Facebook is facebook.com 
Why does that sound really weird when I say that? Facebook.com? Yeah. It just sounds weird to me. Yeah. So you can get in touch with me on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Perryality. I don't know why that just sounds so weird. Or you can always call the studio line. That's 615-692-1170. Number to call once again is 615-692-1170. And leave me a message, question, or comment. Just don't forget that I may pay, play that back on the air. If you don't want me to do that, you need to say so somewhere in your message. And you can always check out the website at www.parareality.com. Man, I have a whole bunch of great stuff on the website. I've got a new, of course, you can listen to the podcast here on Mm. parareality.com. You can go to the archive section and listen to a bunch of archives that I've got back when I first started doing the show on Live 365. I've got some when I was doing it uh, on terrestrial radio, WRFN, and I've got 100% of my Spreaker episodes up there. If you want to listen to any of the back episodes of Perryality, just go to the archives page. doesn't cost you a thing. It's free. I'm not charging people to go back and listen to my old shows. So you can listen to your heart's content at perryality.com on the archives. I also have a news section that is updated almost daily with the latest and greatest paranormal news from all around the world. So if you're a paranormal news junkie, I've got all kinds of paranormal news there on the news section. And if you'll click on the extras tab, you can shop in the Parareality Radio Merchandise Store. I've got all kind of new stuff in the store, t-shirts and hats and backpacks and probably some mugs and all that kind of stuff. August is show, show your support of the show. By Christmas the is coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Christmas is coming up. Holidays. Great Christmas presents. If you're a fan of the show and you want some show swag, tell your significant other or your parents or your friends, let them know or tell everybody. I want some parareality swag. Yep. Yep. Got the new, I say new is the one that I started that I, that I got back in January Got the new logo on all of my stuff. And hopefully, before Christmas gets here, I'm going to have a, a bunch of other stuff up there with some some alternate logos and crap. I got nice. I've, I've got I've got ideas, man. Yeah, yeah. I've got ideas. The wheels are turning. That's oh man, my smoking in here. Get out the fire extinguisher. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so yeah, you can uh, if you click on the extras tab, you can stop shopping the Perryality merch store. You can watch some videos. You know, I did. I always say this. I've got that uh, stupid, I uh, tried my hand at uh, internet TV. It was just me. Oh, I was yeah. the director, the producer, the writer, the star. I was it. One stinking, yeah, uh, one stinking camera angle. You know, it was, uh, it's oh, horrible. It know, is horrible. Not, I've thought about that, but I'm just like, I would need someone else to help me with that. Yes, you I do. Just, Don't yeah. do it. No, no, Take I mean, it from me. Yeah. Don't do it because it'll suck. <laughs> it will suck. Um, so I have that up there for your viewing pleasure. If you want to see some of the terrible show videos that I did. Yeah, it was horrible. But, you know, I, I sacrifice for you guys. Yes. So listening to the show. <laughs> there would be no show without the sacrifice. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and, you know, if, if, uh, 
even if you're not a big social media person, if you don't have Twitter or you're one of the two people in the whole world that doesn't have Facebook or something like that, you can still follow my social media accounts at parareality.com. If you just go to the homepage and go all the way down at the bottom, you can see my Twitter feed and you can see my Facebook feed. So you don't even really have to, to be on Facebook or Twitter to follow me. But uh, Twitter and Facebook, that's where I post a lot of interesting stuff. Uh, some of my personal opinions about things that are going on and things that are happening here behind the scenes of the podcast. I post articles, links to videos and all kinds of weird topics and, and other interesting stuff like my travels and investigations whenever I get a chance to do those. And and it really, parareality.com is your one-stop shopping for everything that's happening in the world of parareality. And really for all your paranormal news too. It's, man, I've got, I've got it all. I'm all-encompassing. I love it. It's great. It's a great website. Yes, it is. The best website out of all the websites ever Every in the history website, of websites. Yep. But there's no porn. No, no tentacles. No, no tentacle porn. Yeah. And speaking of tentacle porn, this has nothing to do with that. <laughs> but if you like to listen to podcasts, you're listening to this podcast. So I'm assuming that you do. You can hear Pair Reality on any of the whatever podcast platform is out there. That was a great segue from tentacle porn. That was into incredible. Podcast, right, right, yeah. One of the best right. I've ever been a part thank of. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate that. You have just, you are here for history. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever podcast platform you prefer to listen to me on, you can do it. I am on just about every one of them. And if you have a smart speaker, you can listen to the show there too. Uh, if you got any of the aforementioned podcast platform skills on your smart, smart speaker, just say, hey, play the Parareality podcast. And bam, there you go. You're listening to the show. I also have a YouTube account, as if I didn't have enough ways for uh, for you to listen to me. If you want to get a hold of me on YouTube, the uh, YouTube account is Parareality on YouTube. Uh, you can listen to the show there. I have uh, audio posted of all of my uh, uh, podcasts there. I've got uh, social media videos that I that I have. I've uh, got uh, some of those horrible uh, TV episodes that I did. I got, I actually, I got all of those up there. Um, and I've got some documentaries and stuff. There's some UFO documentaries. Uh, most of my uh, chemtrail videos are up there because, you know, oh, I'm a chemtrail yeah. researcher. You are, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I got all kinds of stuff on the uh, the YouTube channel. That's that Parareality on YouTube. Whew, man, that's a lot of stuff. That's throat a good rundown. Sore. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Throat sore. I'm going to have to get something to drink now. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I got a Patreon account, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't forget about the Patreon account that. for the podcast. Yeah, I'd yeah. love it if you'd sign up to be a patron. There are three tiers of support for the show, and all are extremely affordable. $5 a month or less. Each episode or each level, excuse me, offers exclusive content along with the ability to help create podcast episodes and even the chance to be a guest or a co-host on the show. So to learn more, head on over to patreon.com slash parareality. 100% of anything that I make off Patreon goes right back into producing this podcast. I don't line my pockets. I'm not using it to pay my bills or anything like that. I'm using it to produce content for this show and to keep this show on the air. So, man, those are all the things. Eric, when is World We Live In podcast coming back? So I'm moving into a new apartment yes. uh, mid-November, and I'm hoping to have it up and running um, before the holidays. 
Sweet. Yes. So very soon. I want to be on your podcast again. Yes. Yes. We can. uh, Yeah. Once I get set up, we can. uh, You can come see the new place, and we can have a brewski and sit around in our underwear doing podcasts. I mean, yes, that's what I did every time. So yeah, that's great. If you've never done a podcast in your underwear, you're missing something. It's liberating. Yes, it's very liberating. Very liberating. I do most of mine naked. Yeah. Except for right now because Eric's here. Yes. And so I, Solo episodes, you have to do naked. Yeah, like, I know. There's no I, option. It's, it's, it's so comfortable. Yeah. And, and especially being in the bunker here underground, it's cool. Very chill. And you can just mm-hmm. let it all hang out. It's great. Yeah. So, yeah, so let us know. Keep me informed about when yes. you're going to do, uh, when World We Live podcast comes back on and... Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it'll be on it'll be on my Twitter. Uh, All episodes that I publish will post there automatically. So go give me a follow there. And uh, when it comes back out, you'll see it pop up on your feed. Sweet. Yep. Way to go. All right. So, uh, yeah, that about covers all the things that we got going on. That was good. That was was a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yes. So uh, next episode of Periality is going to be on uh, Friday, November 20th at 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. Uh, make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. Because I have no idea what the topic's going to be. I haven't even thought about It's a ways off. I mean, that's like almost a month away. Yeah. Yeah. At the time we're recording this, yes. Yes. Wow, yeah. Okay, so I have time. Yeah. Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Eric, anything you want to say before we go off the air? Um, Definitely check out the documentary, The Phenomenon. Um. And, you know, just keep your mind open. Like I said, you uh, you just got to take, especially with this topic, you just got to take it piece yeah. by piece. It's so convoluted, and there's so many stories out there that you just got to, it's, it's, it's a process. Um, I've only been, I've only been, like, listening to stories for, like, four years, which is an absolute dot in the, in the timeline. Baby. So, yeah. baby. I'm such a baby. So, let me ask you this. What, yeah. uh, what does your girlfriend think about you doing podcasts and stuff? Um, she, I don't, she doesn't know much about UFOs, but, um, she does like, um, like paranormal stuff. Oh, maybe she could be your co-host. Yeah. She probably will be a couple times. Yeah. Nice. I know I've got, I asked my buddy, um, who I went to college with, um, who just lives, just lives down the road from me right now. Mm -hmm. But he said he would definitely be down to co-host with me so no more kyle is kyle kyle's moving kyle's, kyle's moving fired. and our other roommate elliot is out uh out in denver so um, where's kyle going kyle's going to charlotte north carolina oh yeah so we're all moving in different directions wow yep okay it's gonna be strange not having kyle on it will be it will be weird but um my buddy who i i've roped into doing this we've actually done an episode so i guess i could say his name lucas and um and uh he's we got a really good repertoire similar actually to me and kyle we're very he's he's a very uh extroverted person so i'm really excited to get it back up started so for for we got time yeah let's go ahead we're uh, you know supposed to be an hour we're way over that so (laughs) um for for people who are listening to this podcast, yeah, yeah, that may not have heard your podcast, mm-hmm. okay. So you still, even though you haven't done a new one in a while, yeah, because of you know life, yes, because of reasons, right? Yeah, uh, you still got all your old shows up and going, right? Yes, totally. Okay. All right, so do me a favor, yeah. In case there's people listening to this that don't know about where we live in podcast, tell mm-hmm. them. 
What is World We Live In Podcast, and how can they hear it? What is World We Live In Podcast? So, World We Live In Podcast is... Okay, time's up. Thanks for listening, everybody. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Stop button, just mute me. Um, it's I, I started this back in 2017, uh, maybe into 2016, somewhere around there. And we, I mean, we talk about everything. We talk about, um, we talked about um, Wolfman sightings. We've talked about, like I said, the Zimbabwe UFO. Um, we've talked about talked about Bigfoot and UFOs. Um, we've talked about, uh, we've, t- <laughs> we've talked about Alistair Crowley. We've talked about, um, oh man, what's that one? What's the one story about the, the woman that went to Nepal and she uh, manifested a tulpa? Um, I remember you telling me about that. Man, I cannot I, remember her name I, off the top of my head. I listened to that, but I can't, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember the woman's name off the top of my head. I, I'll remember it. But she manifested a tulpa in, the, in, in Nepal, and it ended up following her around and even like started interacting with other people. Um, and eventually she had to revert to like eating leather um, to survive. And um, I personally love stories that are way out there, almost on the edge of believability. That's out there. Why, why does she have to eat leather? To survive, I don't. She, I'm trying to remember the whole story, but basically, she had taken this like journey, this journey into Nepal, um, and she eventually learned this technique from these monks of creating a tulpa. And if you're not familiar with what a tulpa is, basically, it's a thought form, and mm-hmm. the idea is that you can actually manifest a thought form to interact in our physical world. Slenderman. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, yeah, this was basically a manifestation of her consciousness and yeah. it, yeah, it started um, interacting with people and she got to the point where she basically was stranded to a certain extent and she had to revert to like boiling leather and eating mm-hmm. leather to survive. Yeah. And there was a, a there nice was a joke on sandwich. Yeah, exactly. There was a joke on there about um, assless chaps, <laughs> that she was wearing some sort of assless chaps, <laughs> which was That's where she got her leather from. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's classic. Yeah, which is not true at all. But <laughs> I had to make the joke. Um, my favorite story that we've ever done was the story about, um, this British SAS unit that was sent down to Antarctica to investigate, um, I believe it was like a missing explorer or something. And they ended up, um, they ended up stumbling upon a underground Nazi base that basically had abominable snowmen and secret weapons and this was supposedly told by the lone survivor of this. And of course, um, the, the one the, guy that lived. The one guy that lived. You know, there was yeah. a, a vulnerable snowman uh, with a swastika on his shoulder. <laughs> Part of the SS. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So, good stuff there. But yeah. you, can, you can find me on iTunes, Spotify, uh, Google Play, and I believe Stitcher as well. Sweet. Yep. World We Live In Podcast. Correct. Correct. Great. Episodes to return shortly. Yes, very shortly. All, all new episodes, all new format 
with a All new, new co-host. With a new co-host, yep. That's great. Oh, yeah, and then I, I told you this, but... A random artist on Spotify stole yes. my logo. Yes. What What has happened with that? Are you going to sue him? And how can I get some of the money? <laughs> well, I would I would give you some of the money anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I asked my friend who is a designer that designed the logo mm-hmm. if she has any copyright, and she didn't know. So I was like, okay, that's not really helpful. Yeah, how can you not so, know you? I'm not sure what to do. Have you contacted the dude? I've not contacted him. That's probably the first step. I just don't know, like, what... I imagine I would say something like, Hey, man, like, I stumbled upon your song, and it has my logo. Can you take it? Can you change the logo? Yeah. And if he says no, I imagine I'd be like... Well, why'd you copy my logo? Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, first of all, how'd you find my logo? That's the thing. Like, I mean, the world we live in is not a very popular podcast. It's really something I like we do for fun. So I don't know how that even happened. And I text Kyle, my my buddy and old co-host, and he was like, Yeah, that's that's really weird. Like, how did this dude even come across? Uh I know. So isn't but, that like the name of his song? Or? Yeah, it's the name of the song, and it has like, it has like a thousand listens on Spotify. So part of me is like, I don't really care, but I do care because like that's it's mine. Yeah, you should yeah. totally, you should totally get in touch with this dude. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to find a way yeah. to send him a message. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's weird. Don't don't stand for that. No, no, no. Yeah, that's like. It's just all la- kinds of wrong. It's just lazy on his part. Like that's all kinds of wrong. Why would you want to copy somebody else's thing? Like that doesn't make any sense. And then, oh, th- this guy will never know. Yeah. You know? Yeah, exactly. Like he'll never find out. Like and there's no I, possible chance. Honestly, all I did was search the world we live in on Spotify, mm-hmm. and I just saw somebody else's song with my logo, and I was like. That's not right. <laughs> oh, man, that's totally up there. Yeah, yeah. So. All right. Well, keep us informed on what, yeah, yeah. what's going on with that. I'll keep you up to date. All right, everybody. We're we're out of here now. We're leaving. <laughs> like I said, the next episode is going to be on Friday, November 20th, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. So make sure you turn on, tune in, and find out. I hope this podcast opens up your mind to new ways of thinking, expands your consciousness, and produces a change in the way you see the world. If you wish to change... You must lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe. Hope you have a wonderful weekend, a wonderful evening, and I'll see you guys again in a couple weeks. If you wish to change, you must first lift the veil of ignorance that has been cast over your eyes. Only then will you see the true power of the universe.